Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game week four is done and dusted, and we've got Champions League action to enjoy this week. The Game Week 5 deadline is Friday, 6.30pm UK time, so don't get caught out by the early one this week. On today's episode, I'll be covering the Game Week 4 headlines and shoutouts, a quick Game Week review, a watch list update, answer Twitter questions and look at Game Week 5 captaincy and transfers. There will be, as always, another Athletic FPL podcast on Friday after the press conferences, so make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening for that. And if you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get 33% off an annual subscription. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast. The main headlines from Game Week 4, Mikael Antonio got himself sent off very late on in the 0-0 draw at Southampton which will have a big impact on the transfer market this week. Plenty of questions about Antonio later. Cristiano Ronaldo and Romelu Lukaku scored braces for 13-pointers. The question now is, can we squeeze both of them in? Odson Edwards scored twice from the bench as Crystal Palace put 10-man Tottenham to the sword. Wilfred Zaha grabbing a goal and an assist in that one. And Conor Gallagher continues to deliver the points, providing two assists for a 8-pointer. Liverpool beat Leeds 3-0 at Elland Road. Trent racking up 12 points in that one. Salah and Manny were on the score sheet. Calvert-Lewin owners were left seething on Monday night when he wasn't in the Everton squad for their win over Burnley and he's now set to be out for a couple of weeks. The strikers are falling like flies. Wolves defender Fernando Marsal got two assists which has caught the eye of FPL managers. Manchester City registered their third consecutive clean sheet beating Leicester 1-0. Robert Sanchez owners were happy to see Brighton keep Brentford scoreless. And finally, Arsenal got their first points of the season. A 1-0 win at home to Norwich. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the match winner. Remember him? Game week four shoutouts now. As always, I've had a look at the minutes played for all players and picked out those who were very close to getting a 59th minute substitution. Actually, we do have one this week. One new member, so welcome to the 59th minute club Harry Winks of Tottenham. Grab yourself a drink and go join El Ghazi, Firpo and Klitsch in the corner. So we've now got four members to the club so far this season. Notable mentions this week, quite a few actually. Mostly defenders first of all. Vestergaard just about made it to 60 minutes. And at Arsenal, Tomayasu 61 minutes. So both of those players just made it in order to get the clean sheet point. So lucky there if you own either of those. Ben Godfrey at Everton just about made it to 60 minutes as well, but didn't get a clean sheet, but it was a two-pointer instead of a one-pointer. At Tottenham, Tanganga, 
His red card was in the 57th minute, which meant a big fat minus three. Webster at Brighton, disappointing for his owners, manages 37 minutes, went off injured, and of course, Brighton kept a clean sheet, so we missed out on that one. And then there was quite a few midfielders who were substituted between 60 and 70. And a lot of these are popular players, so we don't really like to see this if we own them. Torres, Havertz, Trincao, Benrama, Sancho and Harrison all substituted early. So again, that is slightly worrying for those of us who own a few of those players. A quick review of how Game Week 4 went for me now. It was 73 points, but I did take a minus 4, so a 69, which has my rank after 4 game weeks at 220k. If you offered me 220k after Game Week 4 going into the season, absolutely. So I'm very happy with how things are going. So very late on Friday night, I made two transfers. It was about 11 o'clock at night. I had to get up at half five the next morning to drive four hours to Manchester for, for the Manchester United game. And I knew it would happen. You know, I spent the whole international break thinking, you know, I don't need to get Ronaldo. I'll just keep Bruno. I don't want to sell him for a minus four before Newcastle. And lo and behold, I knew once the deadline got closer and the thought of driving to Manchester, not having Ronaldo in my team, you know, the main reason I went to the game was to see him because I'd never seen him play before and I didn't want to miss out. So I just, you know, sometimes in FPL, I think you do have to, you know, throw your rules out the window. And thankfully on this occasion, it worked in my favour. So obviously enjoyed the day a lot more because I had him captain. You can probably tell from my voice, it's a, it's a bit shaky. Spent most of the most of the weekend singing, singing at Old Trafford on Saturday and singing at Transmit Festival on Sunday. So that's that's why I'm, I'm not sounding as healthy as I should be this week. So yeah, what I did was I got Ronaldo and I got Greenwood as well. I just went all in on Manchester United. I already had Luke Shaw. So I had a United triple up for the game. You know, Greenwood's had a very good start to the season. I mentioned in last week's podcast, I, I still thought he was a good transfer in anyway for the Newcastle fixture. So I got rid of Bruno and I got rid of Danny Ings. So overall, came out on top for those transfers because if I didn't buy Ronaldo, uh, I wouldn't have captained him. And I, and I may even have you know fallen into the trap of, of captaining Antonio. I was between Antonio and Salah. I think I would have been on captain Salah, but you know, getting Ronaldo made the decision easier for me and thankfully it paid off. For me now, it's back to my rules from now on uh, and no more distractions of, of going to games. The good and the bad this week, the good, Ronaldo 26, Shaw and Greenwood both got five points. Trent, what a monster, 12-pointer. Salah with eight. And then the double Brighton clean sheet was was very welcome as well. I think Veltman got booked, but I think he did pick up a bonus point. So six points each from Sanchez and Veltman was very nice. The bad... Again, quite a few midfielders like last week, Rafinha and Ben Rama, disappointed. No Calvert Lewin was probably the most frustrating part of the whole game week. You know, it looked like Thursday and Friday he was pictured in training. There was a couple of comments that he was in training, so it looked like he was going to be okay. But now he didn't play against Burnley. Uh, and I think if he was playing against Burnley, he would have been in the points because Everton scored quite a few goals. So that was frustrating. And Benitez has said probably two or three weeks more. So I think Calvert-Lewin has to go this week. And also Antonio with a minus one. I came out of Old Trafford. Yeah, there was no, couldn't get any phone signal during the game. So I, I couldn't check any of the scores at half time. Got out, sitting in the car park for about an hour trying to get out of there. 
and I looked at the scores and I looked at the West Ham game and I was I seen it was nil nil against Southampton. I was like, ah, that's disappointing. Ben Raman and Antonio got you know two pointers or, or three points for Ben Raman. I didn't even realise till I got home that Antonio got sent off when I was watching match today. Really late red card as well, which made it all the more frustrating. So for people like me who've got Antonio and Calvert Lewin, it's a bit tricky now this week. It kind of forces our hand into a striker up front, which I'll talk more about when it gets to the transfer section. A watch list update, I've updated it this morning, having caught up on all the highlights from the weekend's games. Players removed, first of all, look at Dean at Everton. I just don't have much faith in Everton for clean sheets. He's not really doing it attacking-wise either so far this season, so can't see myself buying Luca Dean anytime soon. Harry Maguire I've removed for one simple reason. I've already got three Manchester United players now, so I don't have any space for Harry Maguire. At the game, you know, Newcastle, Newcastle had plenty of chances in that game. Certainly from, from the eye test being in the stadium, United didn't convince defensively. Uh, and I think we could have easily conceded more than one goal in that game. So don't want to double up on the United defence anytime soon. Kyungman's son is gone from the watch list because he's injured. Ivan Tony is also gone because he's just not doing enough at the moment. Harry Kane as well. I just think there's not much creativity in that Tottenham team at the moment. And we've got Lukaku and we've got Ronaldo. Uh, and Kane is certainly third in the pecking order behind those big strikers. Uh, and also Callum Wilson is gone because he is also injured. Players added to the watch list ahead of game week five. Three defenders, actually four defenders. Kieran Tierney at Arsenal got the clean sheet against Norwich. We know they've got good fixtures. We know if Tierney's fit and healthy, he's a very good option. I think he picked up a bonus point because you know he puts so many balls into the box and he creates plenty of chances. So I like Tierney. I think he's down to 4.9 now. Rhys James at Chelsea is back on the watch list. He'll probably slip under the radar a little bit this week because he was suspended last week. So I've made sure to add him back. And he still is my preference when it comes to Chelsea defenders. Chelsea defenders is a bit of a minefield. You know, we've seen Christensen and I think Azpilicueta as well on the bench in game week four. But I think Rhys James should get plenty of minutes. And if he's on the pitch, I expect him to pick up plenty of assists of assists for Lukaku in that right wing back position. So Rhys James is back in my thoughts. As is Imeric Laporte at Manchester City. 5.6 million. He's played... The last three games, I think he missed out in game week one. But more importantly, John Stone, zero minutes so far this season. So we could see Pep just sticking with Diaz and Laporte. He did this last season as well. None of us really expected John Stones to come in and stay in the team last season. And it feels like a repeat of that this season. Diaz and Laporte have started the season very well. I think it's three clean sheets on the bounce with that pairing at centre-back. So there's no reason for Pep to change it. So John Stones may just have to settle for you know a place on the bench for the time being. Maybe we'll see Stones play Champions League this week. And then Laporte possibly coming back in for the league game. So Laporte, for the first time this season, is now in my thoughts. I think you know at 5.6 million, he's that little bit cheaper than Diaz. I think he offers just as much goal threat as Diaz. So I think Laporte is a, is a very interesting option now. Uh, so famous last words, watch him get benched now in game week five. And the final defender I've added is Marsal at Wolves. Two assists to catch the eye. I've already got Connor Cody on my watch list because we know Wolves have very good fixtures. A lot of people like Semedo as well, you know, watching the highlights from that game. Semedo had two amazing chances, but he put both of them off target. Or maybe one of them was saved, but he's he just lacks that composure 
in the final third. And I think I would just rather save the 0.4 million and get Marsal instead because you know both of them are going to get forward. So I think Marsal will get more attack and returns as well. So there's loads of options at Wills. I think Cody, Marsal and Semedo are all viable options. But at the moment, I think uh, Marsal is the one to go for. A couple of more attacking players added to the watch list. Zaha at Crystal Palace. Eye-catching performance against Tottenham. Goal and an assist. If he could just be a bit more consistent with those kind of performances, it would be nice to have him as an FPL option again this season. So I'm going to keep an eye on him next game or two. Also at Crystal Palace, former Celtic striker Odson Edward. Watched a lot of him while he was up here in Scotland. Top, top striker. Expect him to do very, very well in the Premier League. It was no surprise to see him you know, get on the score sheet twice in 12 minutes from the bench. That is something the likes of Benteke and Jordan Ayew are not capable of doing. So before long, I expect Edward to be in that starting 11 at Crystal Palace. And it might even happen as soon as game week five now. It's a tough fixture. It's against Liverpool. But maybe game week six onwards, Edward is someone we can start to look at. And finally, at Southampton, I've already got Adam Armstrong on the watch list, but there was a very impressive performance from the bench from Bruja. He's only 5 million. Yeah, I think he hit the post, might have had one cleared off the line as well. If he if he can become, you know, again, like Edward at Crystal Palace, if Bruja can force his way into the Southampton starting eleven, that could be, you know, the 5 million striker we're all crying out for if we want to fit in the likes of Ronaldo and Lukaku into our team. So he's one to keep an eye on over the next game week or two as well. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Moving on now to the Twitter questions. Thanks as always for sending them in. First one is from Aaron Lee. There's actually two related questions here on Antonio to begin with, so I'll put both of them together. First one from Aaron. With Antonio suspended and Calvert-Lewin not projected to return until Gaming 7, 
Is it time to get either of the Wills forwards, Bamford or even Danny Ings despite test and fixtures? Aaron has one free transfer with a wildcard plan for game week 7 or game week 8. So yeah, Aaron mentions the two Wills forwards here. So Huang is 5.5 million, came off the bench to get a goal in game week 4. So he's an interesting option as well. I still think Jimenez is the way to go though if you want to buy a Wills forward. Uh, the second question Antonio from Matthias asked about Antonio. Should we keep him for form and future fixtures, even if we have threadbare benches and may need to play someone like Brownhill and end up with no viable subs this week, or should we change him to Bamford? So two related questions here, and the questions you know tell me straight away. It's very team-dependent at the moment. If you've got only Antonio and not Calvert-Lewin, I think it's much easier to keep Antonio. He's got leads in, uh, the game week after so you want to you're going to want to have him for that one there's no reason to sell him you know given what he's done so far this season but if you're my scenario you've got Calvert-Lewin and Antonio it's a bit trickier and I think Calvert-Lewin's the bigger problem because he's injured we know Antonio's only going to miss one game and then he's got leads after so I'm certainly going to keep Antonio I'm just going to bench him and I'm lucky I've, I've got some half decent options at least on the bench I can just play Veltman against Leicester probably not expecting too much there but at least it's it's better than someone like Shimakas or even Brownhill you know Brownhill's not going to give you much you know it would be nice if Shimakas could actually get a start against Crystal Palace I hope Robertson plays Champions League this week and then that will you know increase Shimakas's potential for a start uh, at the weekend but again that's probably just hoping hoping against hope so very team dependent on Antonio I think if you can get away with it just keep him even if it means your 11th player this week is pretty weak. I think even if it is a Brownhill, I think, you know, again, you're going to want Antonio back for Leeds. So rather than sell him and get him back, just keep him, take it on the chin. You know, a lot of people are going to be in the same scenario this week anyway. So that is, I think that's what I'm, you know, I'm spoiling my transfer section here, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep Antonio and I'm probably just going to keep it simple with my transfer this week and just sell Calvert-Lewin. The question then is, who do you go for? Aaron mentioned Wolves forwards, Bamford or even Danny Ings. So I don't have much love for Danny Ings. I think he was substituted early at the weekend as well for Aston Villa. Uh, Watkins actually looked pretty good in that game. So the Jimenez versus Bamford debate has kind of been going on for a few weeks now. And I've kind of come full circle. I was very much banging the Jimenez drum for a couple of weeks. But now I think I'm going back towards Bamford. You know, Jimenez quite simply just, he's not hitting the back of the net. Bamford has at least got a goal this season. I think he's got an assist as well. And I just really like the Leeds fixtures. So again, I still don't think there's very much between these two players, but I'm leaning towards Bamford now, whereas maybe this time last week or the week before, I was leaning towards Jimenez. Now, there, there's a lot of people panicking on Twitter today about Bamford. There was an interview with him at the weekend, and just before he starts the interview, I think it was right after the game, he, he says, my hamstrings are pinging. But I think people are reading into that too much. I mean, like someone commented under the post, Anyone who plays under Bielsa for 90 minutes, if, you're, if your hamstrings are not pinging, there's something certainly wrong. So to me, it looks like it's nothing. It's just a player who's exhausted after the game and I expect him to be fine. But it, it is just something to keep an eye on. So maybe on you know Bielsa's press conference on, on Friday or Thursday, someone might ask him about it. So just keep an eye out for those comments just in case. But to me, at the moment, it's nothing. It's just a case of fantasy managers reading into things too much. Uh, and I would just take that with a pinch of salt for the time being. It, it wouldn't stop me from buying Bamford, but I think this week with Champions League and Europa League anyway, you should wait until Friday to make your transfers if you can. 
Question from CS. Who is the best replacement for Calvert-Lewin if you're selling him? Uh, CS has Antonio, who's suspended, but he's happy to bench him. But already has Rafinha and Ailing, which is steering me away from Bamford. So this is an interesting comment, and, and this is why I included this question this week. I'm in the same position. I've got Ailing and I've got Rafinha. And the fact that I've got those two players is playing absolutely no part in my decision-making process. When I'm looking to replace Calvert-Lewin, I'm looking at the forward options only. I'm not factoring in that I've already got Ailing and I've got Rafinha. It doesn't bother me that I'm going to have a Leeds triple up. I'm just focusing on that one forward position in my team. I want to get the best viable replacement possible. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I've already got Ailing and Rafinha. So I do think Bamford is the best option. I think if you're replacing Calvert-Lewin, the easiest thing to do is just get Bamford or Jimenez. And that will come down to personal preference. Maybe you're higher on Jimenez than I am. And that's the way you should go if that is the case. If if you're not going to go Bamford or Jimenez, you know, the other option is, in particular, if you've got two free transfers or you're happy to take a hit, you could either upgrade or downgrade. So Calvert-Lewin could become somehow Ronaldo or Lukaku if you wanted to. You'll have to make a downgrade elsewhere, obviously, to do that. Or you could downgrade. So Calvert-Lewin could become someone like an Armstrong or a Pookie. And then that would allow you to have cash to spend possibly in midfield or on another forward position. Let's say you're making two transfers and attack and um, so yeah there's there's loads of options but for me when i've only got one free transfer i'm probably just going to keep it simple and it's probably going to be bamford in for calvert lewin question from arnish this is the million dollar question that got asked about 55 times this week do you think salah ronaldo and lukaku in the team is a viable option so my answer is yes i think it's viable if you ask me do i like it my answer is no. So I had a quick play around with a wild card last night after I seen Calvert-Lewin wasn't in the squad and that he was going to be out for a while. With Antonio suspended, you know, wild card crossed my mind. And what I did was I just built a draft with these three players, Salah, Ronaldo, Lukaku. Trent was in it because I think he's undroppable. And I just didn't like it because you you, you always end up with, with a player, maybe 5.5 million starting in midfield or even two of them starting in midfield, or, you know, a, a Liveramento, you know, having to start him very often. And I just, I still, I'm, I'm finding it hard to come around to the idea of building a team with all three big attackers and Trent. I just prefer not having one of the strikers and then having a much more balanced squad, not just a balanced squad, but also a, a decent bench as well. So I think it's going to take me a little bit longer to buy into the idea of Salah Ronaldo Lukaku. I think it's perfectly viable. If you're happy to do it, you know, kind of top load your team with the big guys and kind of skimp around the edges. If you're okay with that, I think it's perfectly fine. I think I seen a, had a look at some of my mini leagues this morning and a lot of the managers who passed me out this week were those managers who had all three uh, and maybe Trent as well. So it, it's, you know, there's so many different ways to play this game. You've got to do, you've got to just play it the way that feels right for you. If you want to get all the big exciting strikers, get Salah, absolutely go for it but for me I do prefer the more balanced approach so that's why you know I've got Ronaldo up front at the moment and I'm not really looking to fit Lukaku in beside him just yet and 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 even when it gets to it you know a lot of people are talking about we all need to have Lukaku game week seven Chelsea have amazing fixtures I do agree with that but the way I'm going I may just have to accept not having Lukaku because if Ronaldo continues to do well over the next two game weeks I'm not going to want to sell him 
for Lukaku and I tend to stick with players who've been performing well for me and I think I think I'll be okay with that because I always think you know no one player is essential and if I'm very happy with my 11 then I would just trust those 11 players to score well each week regardless of what Lukaku does so that's a decision I'll have to make probably in a week or two's time do I go Ronaldo to Lukaku or do I just accept that I can't have everyone and be happy with my squad and trust them to score me points. So yeah, it's tricky. So for me, I'm leaning towards just two premiums. At the moment, I'm on Salah and Ronaldo. I might just stick with those two. Trent's going nowhere. But there's always the option, Ronaldo to Lukaku, game week seven. If I you know, really believe in Chelsea and their fixtures, and that Lukaku's not going to get rotated either. Like I said, so many different ways to play this game. Do what feels right to you. Question from Bravehearts. I think I might have covered this already. If you're wildcarding this week, would you fade Ronaldo or Lukaku? Or is a Lukaku Ronaldo Salah triple up worth it? Losing Trent to get Reese James in his place. So like I said, I just I just don't think Trent should be dropped. I think he's a monster. He's he reminds us every week why we shouldn't sell him. So I, I know there's a temptation there on a wild card if you want to get the three big guys in attack, but personally I wouldn't do it. Braveheart asks, who would you fade this week? So what he means there is, which one would you go without? Would you go without Ronaldo or would you go without Lukaku? I think this week I would stick with Ronaldo because I think his fixtures are better the next two because Lukaku has Tottenham and Manchester City in the next two and then it gets really good. So I'm all for fixtures. I think there's very little between Ronaldo and Lukaku. We've seen that in game week four, both of them scoring 13 points. I think that could be quite common. I think they should keep pace with each other over the course of the season so in that case I'm playing the fixtures so I'm going Ronaldo for the next two and then possibly Lukaku game week seven onwards question from FPL Bafana who's the best Wolves option in defence again I think Marsal is top of my list but there's very little between you know Marsal, Semedo and Cody I think those are the top three options I like the goalkeeper as well I just wish he wasn't 5 million I think if, if Sa was, was 4.5 I think he'd be the, the goalkeeper we'd all be going to buy this week or next week. So yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Marcel. Question from Dominic. Is it time to offload Ben Rama, particularly for the likes of Damari Gray? So yeah, frustrating. I, I brought Ben Rama in game week three. Uh, I've got absolutely nothing from him. So I missed the boat and now the boat seems to have a hole in it and it's starting to slowly sink. So I think, yeah, a lot of people are probably going to sell him now, which I think is okay. I think that's fine. But for me, again, tough fixture this week. And then Leeds, I just think Leeds is such a good fixture for attackers. We've seen it again with Liverpool. Liverpool probably should have had about seven or eight goals in that game if Sadio Mane had his shooting boots with him. So I'm happy to give Ben Rama a little bit more time. But it's mainly because I've got other issues. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin and Antonio got to fight those fires first. And that's why Ben Rama gets a stay of execution. But again, I'll give him the Leeds game and then I'll reassess it. So if you don't have issues in your squad and if you think Ben Rama is your biggest problem, then I, I do think Selman is okay ahead of Manchester United when he doesn't have his pal Antonio alongside him. Uh, but for me, he's a hold until the Leeds game and then I'll reassess it after that. Question from James. Is Connor Gallagher now a legitimate enabler or is he a trap? If you're going for Ronaldo Lukaku Salah, these are the kind of players you have to consider. Gallagher and Damari Gray, who Dominic mentioned. I mean, at Everton, there's there's lots of options. I mean, Ducuri and Andros Townsend. 
made a pretty strong case for inclusion as well. But I do think Gray is the one I'd go for if it was Everton. You know, three goals in four games, very, very impressive. He seems to be playing pretty high, almost on the last line, you know, on the last defender, using his pace to get in behind. We've seen that from the goal against Burnley last night. You know, Burnley defenders weren't anywhere near him, really, for that one, and it was a good finish. So, again, for me, confidence is always a huge thing when it comes to picking FPL players, and Damari Gray is probably playing as much with as much confidence as he ever has done in the Premier League at the moment, so I like that. But again, you know, is Conor Gallagher legitimate or is he a trap? One of the main reasons I didn't like the wildcard squad that I made last night is because you have to have these guys. And even though Gallagher and Gray have had very good starts to the season, they're very good prices, I still always feel a little bit uncomfortable about having them in my starting eleven. So for that reason, if I was building a wildcard squad this week, I'd be very tempted to go four at the back instead. So you don't have to rely on Gray or Gallagher every week. You know, if you went for, you know, these guys are all f- between 5.5 and 6 million. You know, Gray, Townsend, Gallagher. But if you look at some of the defenders between 5.5 and 6 million, I would be a lot more confident in backing them long term for points. You know, Chelsea defenders, Man City defenders, you know, players like Cancelo, Diaz, Laporte, you know, Rhys James, Rudiger. I would rather have those guys than Gallagher or Damari Gray. Now, that might just be personal preference, but I find it very hard to buy into these you know, very cheap midfielders that you have to play every week. Uh, and I would much rather probably... I know it's it's probably more boring going four at the back rather than a 3-4-3 you know, three, three, three or a 3-5-2, but I think points-wise, I always try and have as many players from the best teams as possible. And if you go for a, a City or a Chelsea defender instead of an Everton midfielder or a Crystal Palace midfielder. When you say it like that, it makes it easier maybe to go four at the back instead of three. So that's that's the way I would lean on a wild card. I probably would have four defenders if I was going Ronaldo, Lukaku, Salah. But again, I probably wouldn't go that way anyway. But I just wanted to explain that just to get, get across some of my thinking on that wild card. Question from FPL Fezzik. Any love for Puki as a replacement for the underperforming Tony? He's a proven FPL asset, he's got good fixtures, and he's very cheap. Yeah, I, I actually really do like Puki if you're looking to get rid of Tony. And like I mentioned earlier, if you're selling Calvert Lewin and you want to free up cash for midfield or defence, you, know, you could go to Puki uh, and then use the cash elsewhere. He's 5.9 million. Uh, next four fixtures are good. I think Norwich fixtures are quite good long term as well. Next four Watford, Everton, Burnley, Brighton. No, I think Puki will get goals. Over the course of those four games, when he's cheap, you know he doesn't need to do much. Even if he can get, you know, two goals over those four games, you're probably looking at a, you know, decent return with a couple of bonus points as well. So I do like Pookie. I probably should have added him to my watch list this week, but I didn't. But you know, let's let's watch him score against Watford, and then I'll add him to my watch list next week. So yeah, I do like him as an option. Question from David. I had to include this one when I seen it coming in. Long-term listeners of the podcast will enjoy this one. Do you think Ramsdale? could be worth inclusion if you're playing a wild card and he looks like becoming number one at Arsenal. Yeah, so we expected Ramsdale to get game time. He's got it now. He's got his first start. He's got a clean sheet. So that's probably good news for his FPL prospects. I was very surprised that Ramsdale was priced at 4.5 million. When Leno was five, I thought it would have been no-brainer just make Ramsdale five as well, just in case he becomes number one. 
because if he does become number one, he's going to be very popular in FPL, even though very disappointing season last season. Um, and I think I had him for about 12 game weeks last season. So very important in FPL to draw a clean slate every new season. And that's what I've done. I've, I've forgotten about what Ramsdale put me through last season. If he plays regularly for Arsenal, I think at 4.5 million, he's, he'll probably put his hand up as one of the options because we don't really have a goalkeeper, a go-to goalkeeper yet at 4.5 million. So it's good to have another one in the mix as an option. I'm starting to, to warm to Guetta at Crystal Palace now as well. So Ramsdale, yes, he will be in my thinking when it comes to wildcard, but only if he's played you know three, four, five games in a row. I think it's too early to go from now because we don't know what Arteta's going to do. Maybe he's going to rotate Leno and Ramsdale. We can't say Ramsdale is number one yet. So, you know, I mean, clean sheet, like I said, is, is a good start, but let's give it another couple of weeks. And for those of us who are wildcarding later, whenever that is, let's see. Let's see how he looks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Game week five, captaincy and transfers now. There was a question here from Andrew about captaincy. He said the early season captaincy matrices had Game Week 5 firmly as Salah versus Palace, but they don't seem to be a pushover based on the last two game weeks. Have your thoughts on captaincy changed going into Game Week 5? So I made a matrix going into Game Week 1, but I've, I find myself, I'm updating it every week. You know, I'm adding a couple of more options, I'm removing options, I'm kind of changing the pecking order. You know, for things like, you know, Crystal Palace have been pretty good recently, they're probably not as good a fixture this season as they were last season for example so it's it's constantly changing and my thought process is, is constantly adjusting so i've had a look at the matrix for game week five salah is at the top of my matrix for the crystal palace home fixture the other options i've got are ronaldo he's away to west ham i will like ronaldo more if he doesn't start in the champions league this evening Manchester City have a very good fixture at home to Southampton. So if you've got Manchester City players, they're good options if you fancy a game of Pep Roulette. And the fourth option I've got is Lukaku against Spurs. That's an away fixture, but Spurs have defensive issues. Tanganga suspended. I think Dyer's injured. So there's quite a few problems there. So if Lukaku starts against Spurs, which I think he will, I think he's a pretty good captain this week as well. So I think that's the top four. Salah, Ronaldo, a Man City attacker or Lukaku. So at the moment, I'm leaning towards Salah. He was the one I picked out going into the season for this game week. I think home to Crystal Palace is a better fixture than away to West Ham 
for Ronaldo. So I think that's the way I will lean. I don't think there's very much between Salah and Ronaldo, but I am favouring home advantage more this season than I was last season as well. If you fancy something different, I think other Liverpool options are very good captains. Jota, Trent and Mane, I think, are all viable captain options this week. So, yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Again, it's only Tuesday. That might change. I'll give an update on the captaincy on Friday. At the moment, in my bus team, Salah is captain and Ronaldo is vice-captain. I'll put a poll on Twitter later today for that as well. I forgot to do it this morning, so keep an eye out for that one to see what the masses are thinking. Game week five transfer options. I've only got one free transfer, so I've noted down three options. Option one is always the same. Can I save a transfer? I don't think that's an option this week because I'm looking very light with Antonio and Calvert-Lewin headaches. Option two, wildcard. I had a look at it last night and I didn't love the draft, so I don't think I'll be wildcarding this week. One of the main reasons is I found there wasn't that many changes. There was at least about seven or eight of my starting 11 that would stay the same. So to me, my team is not yet in need of a wildcard. And like I said, I built a draft. It had Ronaldo, Lukaku, Salah, Trent, and I didn't like it because it had those either cheaper midfielders in the starting 11 or it was a four at the back. I think it had Cancelo in there in one of them. So it just didn't feel right. So to me, the time is not right for my squad. You might feel that it is. I've seen quite a few people wildcarding this week. Uh, again, always team dependent. Do it when it feels right for your squad. I'm going to see how the Champions League goes first this week before making any decisions. So it's likely to be a Friday transfer. Option three then, which is probably the most likely. Just keep it simple. Keep Antonio for the Leeds game. Sell Calvert-Lewin, who is the bigger problem because he's injured and he's probably going to miss the next two games by the sounds of it. So Calvert-Lewin to Bamford is my most likely move. I will give Jimenez some more thought as well. And I'll look at other options. You know, Do I want to downgrade to someone like a Pookie to make a future transfer in a different position? I think that's unlikely. I think I will back Leeds and their fixtures. I know Leeds have been disappointing so far, but we, you know, very often, you know, fixtures do matter. And fixtures very often, good fixtures very often bring good performances and lots of FPL points. So I'm probably going to back Bamford for that reason and get him for Calvert-Lewin. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Please leave a review wherever you're listening and make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss Friday's episode. If you'd like to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general you'll get extra content and podcasts throughout the season and get access to my Slack channel. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy the Champions League games and I'll talk to you again on Friday. The Athletic.